Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have been looking at this wonderful event in church history, the, the Synod of Dort, and this is the 400th year anniversary of the Synod, and uh, can we, can one of you guys just quickly bring us up to speed about what this event was and what it means? Sure. After, I was just going to say that after struggling to put my headphones on, nobody would even listen to a word I had to say if they got to view that. So, <laughs> yes, Phil, please. <laughs> very, very briefly, in the early 1600s, uh, there was uh, some erroneous teaching going on uh, in uh, Holland, the Netherlands, uh, that c- comes under the general uh, the general term of Arminianism. That 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 name comes from Jacob Arminius, who uh, was a teacher who actually died before the the controversy came to full exposure and and was resolved with with, with the uh, Synod of Dort. It, it basically uh, it revolves around how are we saved and what role, if any, do human beings play in, in salvation? Uh, and the, the answer, I mean, this is, this is an unfair synopsis, but the, the Armenians said, yes, there is a role for us to play in our salvation. And uh, the Orthodox uh, reformed biblical position, no, salvation is of the Lord from beginning to end. Um, it belongs to him. So yesterday we, um, so let me back up for yesterday, years after the Synod of Dort had formulated its doctrines, um, it they became popularized in an acrostic called TULIP, T-U-L-I-P. The last two days, last few days, we've been looking at the T, total depravity, and then yesterday we started looking at the U, which is unconditional election. And to sum up what unconditional election is, it means that God chooses or predestines man, those whom he has set his affections on, those whom will be saved in Christ. He elects these people apart from any foreseen conditions. He doesn't elect based on foreseen faith, um, and nor does he reject anybody based on foreseen sin. Election is the sole cause of faith. The opposite view teaches that God elects based on some condition that he sees in man. And so if we were to kind of summarize unconditional election, if we were to ask what was the decisive cause of your faith in Christ, was it God or yourself? Tulip is gonna teach that it was God. Um, Arminianism and and the remonstrance that came against the sin of Dort is gonna teach the decisive cause of your faith is you. You know, and and this is one where I'm I'm not gonna accuse my I'm not going to accuse my Arminian friends of dishonesty, but I, but I do think that any Christian, either Reformed or Arminian, and I have, I have lots of, uh, I have lots of uh, Arminian friends, I think any Christian, if you ask them, 
when you came to Christ, was it you or was it God? Did, was it, did God intervene in your life? Was it God who called you to himself? Every Christian that I know will ultimately say, yeah, it was God. Yeah. And that's, I, I, and I think perhaps, perhaps unconsciously, and once again, I don't want to accuse anybody of dishonesty, but I think not only does Scripture teach unconditional election, Christian experience teaches unconditional election. I've, um, I think it's, it's J.I. Packer that has written that all, all people are Calvinists on their knees. Yes. Because if salvation does not depend on God, why do we pray to, for God to do a work within somebody's heart to draw him unto themselves, to draw them unto himself? Mm-hmm because that would be an imposition of God upon that person that we would say, well, we don't believe in, that, that man is free to do his own choosing. Um, but when we pray for the salvation of our loved ones, we're praying that God would do a work, mm-hmm. that God would change their heart, that God would draw them unto them, to himself. And to me, that reveals that we really do, I think, understand total depravity that we do understand the sinfulness of man and that man does have an inability to choose God and that, that the man needs God to act. And God did act in his electing of people before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That God' plan and purpose was to save a people for himself. If we believe in unconditional election, I mean, I'm sorry, in conditional election, if we believe what the Arminian teaches, what we could have a possibility is that there is no one in heaven. That no one would believe. Right. That no one would have faith. I mean, that's a real possibility for the Arminian position, that you have a, uh, an empty heaven. Yeah. Right. Well, unconditional election guarantees a people. Yeah. Because it was a people chosen by God mm-hmm. for himself. I think conditional election too, I think it, so let's get into the practical ramifications here, right? So I think one of the things that conditional election can do, it can either drive us towards self-righteousness because I fulfilled this condition and you poor suckers over there didn't, or it can drive us to despair because then we start to think about all the reasons why God wouldn't save us. Right. I mean, condition, unconditional election is actually really good news yep. because nobody can say, well, I've been too great of a sinner. God, God, you know my record. My record has totally disqualified me from being saved. And the truth is, in one sense, we could say, you're right, absolutely. If it depended mm-hmm. upon you, you would not be saved. Yeah. But who is the Bible full of God saving? The the worst type of people that you could possibly imagine. Right. right. I mean, we have this list of, you know, the, the heroes of the faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11. And God's in God's grace, he only remembers their faith. But go back and look at the stories of all these people. These right. are not like... You know, great people. If if you if you start looking at their sins, the Bible is not the story of all the great things people have done for God. It's it's about what God has done 
for a, for a broken and, and <coughs> sinful and lost and dead in their sins human race. If you if you're just trying to just bullet point, why is this so? Why does this matter so much? Well, it matters on just on, on several levels. One, it, it gives me freedom when I'm preaching the gospel. That my job is to just preach the the gospel as the canons actually say, promiscuously, yes. as freely. Uh, my job is to declare the good news of the fact that Jesus Christ died for sinners and that salvation is found in Him alone. And it's not my job to try to convince people. Um, and manipulate people to yeah. to raise their hand or come forward or or sign a card or say a prayer uh, because that's the work of a sovereign god yeah and so my job is to use the means that god has given and the outcome depends upon god what liberty i have from the pulpit week after week right. that it's that salvation of those listening doesn't depend on me right. and my methodology maybe right. i said it wrong maybe i didn't say enough maybe i said too much no, yes I, to I, all those. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it also well, as a is, preacher, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's also it's so practical in the fact that it it gives me assurance. If salvation depends upon me, in any way, shape, or form, then then I can never sleep at night. Right. Yeah. But my election, my my knowing that I have faith because I was chosen eternally. From eternity past, by a God that says, "I want a, a a people for my own, for eternity." Well, I can't lose what never was mine. Yeah, right. That I never acquired. That yeah. gives me assurance. That gives mm-hmm. me some sense of comfort. But I, I also think, and I think both the Westminster divines and those that wrote the canons understood that this is also our only means of hope for those that um, die in infancy. That those that are that are born that have significant uh, mental um, difficulties or challenges that would not make <laughs> faith possible, how how could they be saved? If it depends upon them, they don't have the means by which to believe. And we can say, well, age of accountability. I just need somebody to find that in, in the scriptures. I would love to believe that <laughs> if if I could, but it's not, right. there. it's not there. So what I depend upon, and this is what the writers of the canons did, and later the Westminster divines did, is said. What we do is we think in covenantal lines and say that God is faithful to his covenant promises. Yeah. And we can't be sure of the salvation of, of infants that die in, um, that, of children that die in infancy, but we can have a, a, a good hope. Why? Because it depends upon the character of God, which salvation all depends upon the salvation of God. And that gives me great comfort. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think some, some of our listeners might struggle with this idea of unconditional election if they come to it with a wrong view of man, which is, you know, why the cross-six starts out with the T. But, so if you're applying a view of man that that man is, you know, they're sinful, but they, they're still, you know, kind of basically good, and, and there are people that want to come to God, and then you, you apply that view of the sinfulness of man to this view of God's absolute sovereignty over choosing people, then you're going to say something like, well, that sounds so unfair, because that means that, that people are wanting to go to heaven, and they're left out because God didn't choose them. Right. Um, can, can, I know you have something you want to say. Can you respond to that real quick? Well, well yeah, first of all, let me respond to that. Uh, the Bible promises over and over uh, there, there's a verse that's repeated at least three times in Scripture, and it may be even more. Everyone, it begins, in, it begins in Joel, and then Peter quotes it in his great Pentecost sermon, and there's a third place you guys can help, help me remember. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Nobody 
ever and nobody ever will call upon the name of the Lord and hear, oh, sorry, you're not on the list. Yep. <laughs> right. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. The God, reality God is, is we all do according to what our will desires. That's right. Yes. And what our desi- desire is by nature is to, to not choose Christ. Right. Yeah. The so desire of our heart is to choose sin. So there's not going to be anybody in hell that didn't want to be there. Right. And right. there's going to be nobody banging on the door of heaven, no fallen man in himself who's mm-hmm. banging on the door of heaven saying, Lord, let me in. Everybody's running away from the door. Right. Election is Jesus snatching us from running right into hell. Right, right. Philipp, um, Paul says something very significant in Philippians one twenty nine. He says that it has been granted to you, given to you, is really the sense here that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, it's been granted to you to believe in Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's been given. That wasn't an ability you had in yourself. It was given to you right. to believe. Why? Because you wouldn't have done it on your own. Amen. I, say, I said a moment ago the, that great verse from Joel and then quoted by Peter in, in the second chapter of Acts, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when then you are saved you will look back and you will <laughs> you will get down on your knees before God and, and, and you won't say, thank you, me. <laughs> thank you, me, for, save, for being so spiritually inf- insightful to save me. You'll give glory to God. Uh, you'll give thanks to God. And as I said a minute ago, I don't think there's any Christian. I, I think you, 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 and you made the, the statement from Packer, we are all Calvinists on our knees. And I, once again, I don't want to say my, my Armenian friends are <clears throat> not being honest, but... When we are saved, we know it in our hearts. All glory goes to God. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We've been trekking through the 400th year anniversary of the Synod of Dort. If you've missed any of these broadcasts, just subscribe to our podcast. Just type in The Gospel for Life, and we'll continue this discussion tomorrow. We'll see you next time. 